Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of this I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were suddenly astonished and said among themselves, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and follow you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. The Gospel of the Lord. If we wanted proof that our second reading is true, that the Word of God is living and effective and convicts the heart, 
We look at today's readings. We look at the weeks that have come before where God has been really challenging us. And I think we all, when we hear some of them, it, it just it hurts a little bit, like a two-edged sword. Like there's a piece of it that's like, ooh, I have a, it's a gut check. I need to look at my life. Why? Because the, living, the, the word of God, sacred scripture, when proclaimed to us, which is how the church always tells us we should be not, not discouraging. I tell everybody to get a daily Roman Missal. So you have all the readings that you're ever going to have in your entire life. And you can go in your own time and encounter the living word of God and allow him to convict you. But when we're in the presence of it being proclaimed, Christ using deacon's voice to proclaim himself, his word that's living and effective, um, it's an encounter that convicts. Um, it's, an, it's something that, like, something hits us and tells us, like, pay attention to this word. I know sometimes I, I, I get a little, um, uh, there's a part of me that, like, wishes I could have it proclaimed to me during the week when I'm doing preparation. Because sometimes I'm sitting over in the chair and I'm like, oh, now I want to say this thing. But I don't want to go on a tangent. So I don't. Don't worry. There's plenty of tangents in here. But the thing is, is the word of God is, is mysterious. It's deep. St. Gregory the Great says it's, it's mysterious like water. It can be like a pool which a little child can wade in. Or it can be as vast as an ocean that a whale can live in. The readings today, again, have great depth to us. And they have so much that we can constantly be coming back to. And our hope is that today, one of the things that we, we take from this place is a love of the word of God. That we want to encounter him day in and day out. That we want to allow him to convict us so that we can have the treasure from heaven that he desires for each of us. Because like the young man, he looks at us with a particular love and wants to speak to our hearts. And thus we need to make the time always to spend with him so he can, through the sacred scriptures, through his like, living word, speak to us. Now, let's look at our readings. On the surface, we know, and it's the one that hits us all in the Western world because we, we have great wealth. We, have, we are very blessed. We hear that there's a clear warning about riches and comforts, that they can be dangerous to us. We'll come back to that. So, too, we hear um, that there's a reminder that some are called to the religious life. That some are called to give up everything for Jesus. And that it's also that's a very hard call. And that some will fall away from it, won't respond. And thus we need to pray for those who have done it and as well who God is calling to surrender everything, absolutely everything, to follow him. So too we hear in our gospel that he reminds us like what true discipleship is. And that actually in discipleship there is a part that has to do with following his law. This is why he talks. He, the first question he goes to the rich young man is like, are you doing these things? Have you followed that second part of the Ten Commandments? And the young man had, and good for him. But yet, we can see that God wants more. That isn't all he wanted from the rich young man. He wants everything. From that man who he looked at with love, he's like, I want all of your heart. I want every bit of you, mind, heart, soul, and strength. That's actually kind of what like, Jesus is referring to when he says, don't you know that God alone is good? He's referencing in a Jewish mind like the Shema. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love him with all your mind and all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Unless sometimes, because sometimes people use this to go like, see, Jesus isn't God. No, precisely this is a passage where he's proving he is. Because after he just laid out and reminded the young man about the Ten Commandments, he goes, oh yeah, there's something missing from those for your life. And guess who I am? I'm God. I'm going to add it to the Ten Commandments right now. For you, son, you need to give up everything and follow me because that's the only way you're going to have eternal life. He's claiming that he, God, 
can give eternal life if he, this young man, will follow after him. The reminder to us is that God, again, in all of our lives, he's not calling all of you to be religious. He's calling some, I bet, though. But that God wants so much more for us, not from us and for us. An example that maybe puts it in like the tangible light of it's not just about like following rules, which sometimes we as Christians and Catholics can often do, is if married couples, if I asked you, how'd your marriage going? And you're just like, you kind of did what the rich young man did with recounting the second commandments. Well, I haven't defrauded her. I haven't lied to her. I haven't stolen from her. And uh, I haven't killed her yet. Oh yeah, great marriage. You're doing awesome. Congratulations for not killing her. That's not a great marriage. That's not sufficient. Merely like not doing injustices is not what God desires for like a great healthy marriage, nor is it what he desires for a great healthy relationship with him. He, the God who is love, is after love. He desires love from us. He desires love for us and for us to love him back. He desires us to, as we hear, enter into the kingdom of heaven, to have the treasures of heaven. And that's why he challenges us. That's why he comes to convict our hearts so that our hearts can surrender to him, the living God. And we always have to ask, like, first, like, do we really think he's God? Do we trust him? Like, that's always the first question, because sometimes I think we, too often in this day and age, we think of Jesus as just like a really kind teacher. But he's not. He's God. And again, he, he has a claim to all of us, but he wants to give all of himself to us, and so we have to be able to trust and maybe that's a grace we have to ask for today, that trust to know that he's God, he loves us, and even in the midst of whatever suffering we may be going through, he desires into it to transform it and to give us all of his life. He, again, he desires like, for us to follow after him uh, and to give us every bit of himself. That's why he comes today and he's speaking to our hearts, he, why he convicts our hearts. He, today he's talking, and that's what basically the entire theme is about, is about true discipleship. That he, Jesus Christ, wants us to follow after him. He, God in the flesh, wants everything. He wants all of us, he wants us, and thus he, that's why he wants us not to be attached to anything but him. We have to watch, we may have things, he may give us blessings, but we have to always watch in our hearts, are, am I attached to it? Do I trust in it more than I trust in God? Is this, the, is this like my precious to look at like Lord of the Rings or something? Like, is this the thing that I hold so dear that I can't let it go if God would say, let it go? He comes to us today, and yes, on the surface again, he's warning us about the spiritual dangers of like wealth and comforts because our, our flesh, like which St. Paul tells us wars against the spirit, so often will cling to it, will become attached to it. It will treat it like an idol, and so he says, like, be very careful. Because look, even what happened. When Jesus Christ, God made flesh, called a man, looked at that man lovingly and said, follow after me. That man couldn't. His heart was too attached to the things of this world. When God called him to be one of his own. And so it's a reminder to us to always be examining our life. Lord, what is it that I might be holding far too close to my heart? What am I, I be attached to? Is it wealth and comfort? Is it something else that's in this world? We have to be very careful because, as he says, it is impossible to be saved except for the grace of God. And this is why the reminder to us to come back to sacred scripture, to spend time every day in prayer, to allow him to convict our heart, to open up that piece of our heart that's vulnerable and says, like, I guarantee I have some attachment, Lord. Please tell me what it is and cut it out. 
we got to go to him. Because without him, without the grace of God, it is impossible for us to be saved. Now the grace of God, again, is convicting. It wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to our heart to show us where there might be a disorder. Now one of the things that he's asking us to pray for, the, what the, if we understand like what grace is, like it's a participation in the divine life that he is freely giving so that we can, again, be able to be drawn into himself. One of the ones that he really wants us to ask for in like kind of... Um, and juxtaposition of like the attachments to the world today, we hear in the first reading, it's wisdom. He wants us to be wise. He wants us to be wise in him, in his knowledge, in who he is, so that he can conform us to it, to him, to be saved. There, there like, as we read that first reading, we might want to ask ourselves some questions. Because he, he kind of puts to us like how important wisdom is that it makes like silver and gold like mire, like nothing. So how often do we spend our prayer time praying for like health and beauty and wealth and power and possessions and worldly things? When what God desires for us is wisdom. When what he desires for us is a mind united with his so that persons can be united. This was the treasure from heaven, the treasure of heaven that God desired to give to the rich young man and he desires to give to us as well. You might want to ask, like, based on looking what our prayer looks like, do I really want that? How many of us uh, get on our knees, let's go about it another way, when we're talking about we should be praying for wisdom, how many of us get on our knees and at night pray, like, Lord, grant me the gift of wisdom. Lord, grant me the gift of divine understanding. Lord, grant me the gift of falling so in love with your living word that I can surrender to it entirely. How many of us get on our knees and go, Lord, let me love the catechism. Lord, let me love the Bible. Lord, let me, for the, for the youth, like, let me love my confirmation class. Let me love the Bible studies that I'm doing. Let me love, parents, the sacramental prep that I'm going to so that I can help my child who's getting baptized be a true disciple, to love Jesus Christ with all their mind and all their heart and all their soul and all their strength. Lord, transform me so that I find you in it. How many of us pray like that? How many of us pray for the true gifts that God really wants in our lives so that our hearts may be so united to him um, that we may have all that he desires for us? Or again, do we just ask for the passing things, for security, for health, for wealth, for beauty, for physical and material needs? I want you this week to go ask that question in your time of prayer. I want you to spend time praying with God who is living and effective and moving and loves you, who looks at each one of you with love and wants to talk to your heart and wants to tell you somewhere you're probably attached, that he wants, like he wants you to trust him to go there and to detach you from that so that he can attach you fully to his heart. Take the gospel this week, read it over and over again. Ask God, where are your idols? What could you maybe not give up if he called you to give it up so that he can begin to work in your heart? So too, begin praying for wisdom. And again, praying, like asking God to show you, Lord, where do I need to grow like in my continual faith formation? Where do I need to grow so that I can fall more in love with your heart, surrender more of myself to you so that I can have the intimacy that you desire with me? the treasure from heaven you desire to give.
Now, lest that seem a little bit scary to some, because we all, again, it's a, it's a place of vulnerability, I would encourage you uh, by these words of St. Francis of Assisi, whose uh, feast day we celebrated this last Monday. He says, first, just start with what's necessary. Go to prayer. Do these things. Maybe you find out, oh, wow, I really got to go to confession. I need to go lay it all down at the foot of the cross. And that's maybe a lot of us. Great. Again, I told you, I'll stay in the confession all day if you'll let me. But so too, not just like looking at like, oh, the things I got to root out, but Lord, what do I need to be asking for? And so start with what's necessary and praying for that wisdom and staying there, praying for that wisdom, even when it feels awkward and it feels like God is not listening or he's not there. Because if you're praying for him to come into your life, he's there. He's already working because the only way you could have prayed that is if he already loved you and looked at you with love. Start with what's necessary, St. Francis says. Then next, just what's possible. And next, you'll find yourself doing the impossible. And with God, all things will become possible. St. Francis of Assisi and St. Anthony of Padua, pray for us.